The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today we're going to discuss marketing in Africa. Joining us is Oti Ukabenje, who is the VP of Product Marketing and Growth at Tarragon Limited, which is Africa's leading data aggregation, enrichment, and activations company. Tarragon helps companies make intelligent decisions and build personal experiences for consumers, specifically in Africa. So far this week, OT and I have talked about whether you should be expanding your targeting into Africa. And yesterday we talked about the lack of data in Africa and the use of CDPs. Today we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about preparing for a cookie-less Africa. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with OT Ukabenje, the VP of Product Marketing and Growth at Tarragon Limited. OT, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you very much, Ben. It's a pleasure to be back here. Excited to have you back on the show. Appreciate you staying up late. So far this week, we've talked about whether marketers should be expanding to Africa, some of the cultural and economic differences. And yesterday, we talked about the actual practice of marketing and how there is less data to be collected in and analyzed in Africa, because as a developing market, things like transactional purchase data can't be collected because the transactions are happening offline. They're cash markets, so there's less data to collect and analyze Today, I want to continue the conversation talking about how that data might be even more restricted. We've all heard of the cookie-less future of the internet, how Google and Safari and Firefox are starting to block access to third-party cookies. Talk to me about how you think that the departure of third-party cookies is going to affect the African market. Well, first of all, I'm going to say we're glad we are a very Android-heavy market here, so we've not been hit by the Apocalypse by Apple. The Apple-pocalypse. Apple-pocalypse, exactly. Apocalypse, yeah, there we, we go. <laughs> we have some time with Google being the predominant operating system here. That said, it is also a predominantly web-based market as far as the internet is concerned. So indeed, the cookie feature doesn't look very bright for marketers around here. But what I've seen is it's usually a very last-minute attitude here to a lot of things. So while some markets are actively looking for solutions, we're predominantly just here waiting to see what's going to happen next. And that's something we've been trying to do at Terragon to ensure the market doesn't wait. 
So Tarragon and working with the likes of Facebook, we've gone ahead to sort of double down on helping marketers prepare for the cookie list future. So for example, today, Tarragon is the only African owned and operated CDP that has gone into partnership with Facebook to provide the Facebook conversion API to marketers here in Africa. The adoption has not been as one would have expected. That's simply because one, there's very, very limited sense of urgency around that, especially since the Google announcement of postponement. And two, because it's still a very early market in its digital days with a lot of efforts going into brand awareness and brand building and less of performance marketing, so to speak. So the incidence of the cookie going away is people just saying, okay, well, that's a portion of our digital affected, but we're still mostly test and learn. Wasn't the primary medium of marketing. Exactly. And if you think about reaching a good number of people here, it is still through their mobile devices and predominantly SMS and other related channels. So what that means is that while other markets are trying to solve this, for example, you have the Unified ID 2.0 solution, which is, I think it was first of all put out there by the trade desk and a coalition of other publishers and platforms trying to find a solution to this. The unique identifier there is email. And that seems to work pretty well for the US, for Europe and all that. But that's not going to work in Africa. Email is not the primary identifier here. The phone number is because there are more people who are on their phone doing SMS and WhatsApp before you even get to the email phase. So you will shut a lot of people out if solutions are email-based. I want to ask why, right? It seems like email, and maybe this is just a sort of developed market culture, email is the first inbox that people here in the United States think about for communications, right? It's the primary communication channel, mostly for business communication. Why are WhatsApp and SMS the more disruptive type technologies? And by disruptive, I mean literally buzzing in your pocket when you get a message, as opposed to the asynchronous communication. Why is that the primary format of communication? I'll put that down to two things. Most of the digital onboarding on the continent has happened in the last decade. And for a lot of people, that started with a mobile device. And it just so happened that this is happening at a time when other platforms or other channels beyond email can offer rich messaging experiences. So some people have just gone from zero to I have a phone line now and I can receive messages via SMS and I can receive messages via WhatsApp. So you will find cases where the only reason why somebody is primarily opening an email today is not for receiving messages, but to be able to sort of go fully utilize their Android operating system. So they're forced to just create that. But for communication purposes, they would still stick primarily with WhatsApp, for example, or SMS. So a lot of the small business and mass market solutions that have been built in the past or in the recent past, we've sort of tried to figure out how email is the secondary way of communicating. And you can find a way to deliver primary and very important messages via WhatsApp or via SMS, even before email, because that's where you have the largest adoption for day-to-day communication. Are you just getting text messages all the time? Like, is your phone buzzing? I think of how many emails I get, and mostly it's difficult to unsubscribe from SMS messages, right? It's hard to unsubscribe from a text as opposed to email. It's, you know, you click a link. It's relatively easy. Are you just getting SMS messages 
all of the time with people trying to market products or services? This was the case until about three years ago or so when across the continent, several countries had their communication regulators step in. In Nigeria, for example, create the policy to prevent that, something we call Do Not Disturb. So there's a national database of people who opt into a Do Not Disturb program to stop being sent random messages that are coming from the telcos on behalf of all types of advertisers. It used to be the case until about three, four years ago. You would probably receive over 100 messages a day. But that has drastically reduced now because most people went into that. And then obviously failure to adhere would lead to the, the telco operators being heavily fined. So they've sort of passed that regulation down to merchants. So this has reduced such heavy messaging, but it's still a common channel today. I think the advent of social media has also taken a lot of attention away from that. I mean, I wait for the day WhatsApp would open itself fully for promotional messaging. It's going to explode because people are constantly trying to figure out how to do that within the WhatsApp channel. Because the open rates for WhatsApp messaging, for example, would dwarf whatever it is for email. I know how many unread emails I have, but you can hardly live with an unread WhatsApp message. So SMS is still a key channel before you would even go email. Yeah, it's interesting. I think of the difference here being one is disruptive and one is asynchronous. I can get an email and I'll check it and I'll get it when I get it. And I try to read all my emails. And if it's something I'm not interested in, I'll unsubscribe. And with an SMS, I get pissed when somebody messages me a marketing message through my phone because it buzzes in my pocket. It disrupts me. It stops me from doing what I'm doing. Thinking of getting 100 marketing messages a day from an SMS, from a text message, I mean, that's every 15 minutes. That would drive me up the wall. I would throw my phone away. (laughs) That definitely is different, yeah. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So, okay, going back into the cookie list future, there's 
less data. So the departure of cookies potentially means less in the African market than it would other places because the primary marketing channel is SMS. You're not necessarily dropping cookies. Most of the marketing is going through the telcos. Correct. Even for those who are doing it very heavily, so core digital marketing, a lot of it is still social media based, which is why we've taken that step to go, you know what, first of all, try and solve for social media. Facebook still commands 30 to 40% of overall digital market spend here, or I would say even 50%, and with Google coming in at about 25, 30% behind that. So it's very important that if you're able to solve for Facebook and whatever cookie-less world would have an impact on that, that's one big step in preparing the market for a cookie-less future. And then I think having the ability to sort of create multiple opportunities, most especially since it's clear that the market is very dependent on offline communication like SMS, the mandate for a CDP company like um, Tarragon is to say, we want to look beyond just being a CDP. We want to make sure that the predominant channels become more intelligent for people to carry out their multi-channel. So for example, how do I make SMS marketing more intelligent than what you would even find with display marketing, for example? How can I source the right type of data to make that more intelligent? So for me, I feel that might be another way that we can sort of bypass that cookie-less future by taking advantage of the not so huge amount of data available to us to activate the channels that are more predominant than just trying to solve for the one that's less predominant. Yeah, it seems like there's more of a walled garden approach here with the social media channels where you're reliant on marketing within the platform, whether it's Facebook, potentially WhatsApp down the road, or you're going through the telcos. The idea of taking a piece of data from one channel and continuing to market to the same consumer across multiple other different channels just isn't something that really exists in Africa just because of the pure lack of data. And so the departure of the cookie has less of an impact, it sounds like. The cross-channel marketing is not really something that's as prevalent in Africa as it would be in a more mature market. That's right. It's only going to continue to grow. And we will try to solve local problems with very local solutions. Oti, it's fascinating to hear about marketing in Africa. And my underlying takeaway is marketing in Africa, A, the brands that work are going to be the infrastructure companies or people that have local solutions to local problems. And the marketing channels are really more like, you know, if we step back 20 years to the rise of the internet in the more developed part of the world, United States and some of Western Europe, you know, the channels and the strategies that we applied back then, we could probably look at and take some learnings and understand what worked and start to apply those lessons in Africa. Obviously, there's huge cultural and economic difference as well. It's really fascinating to hear your thoughts on marketing in Africa. I really appreciate you coming on and being my guest on the show. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been a pleasure. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with O.T. Ukabenje, who's the VP of Product Marketing and Growth at Tarragon Limited. If you'd like to get in touch with O.T., you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is O-T-L-O-X, O-T-I-L-O-X, or you could visit his company's website, which is tarragongroup.com, T-E-R-R-A-G-O-N-G-R-O-U-P.com.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.